Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the Warmaster Horus and his three brothers, Mortarion, Fulgrim, and Angron, against the innocent hiveblood of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless after the Emperor's favorite son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionnaires survived the onslaught thanks to quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Estevan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 8 of Radio Free Estevan, broadcasting live out of Victoria, Texas. Uh, my name is Michael, and I got Chris here with me. Go ahead and say hello, Chris. Hey, what's going on, everybody? How's it going? So, we got a few things we're going to be talking about this episode. We're actually going to be going over some of our hobby progress. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a Chris had a pretty badass game against Jay this past weekend, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we're going to be going over the Escalation League and kind of give you guys some ideas on what you should be doing with that. I, I We kind of touched base a lot, a little bit on the webcast and on the last episode, but we're going to go over some extra rules. Uh, we're going to be talking about this coming up weekend. We have a telethon that's going to include all the podcasts. We'll go over that. And then we're going to go to a break, and then we will review a list for you guys. So, Chris, man, what have you been working on, dude? Well, believe it or not, I've actually gotten quite a bit of hobby progress down the last couple of weeks. I'm pretty proud of myself. So I feel like I'm on a on a hobby progress high right now. Uh, biggest, uh, let's see, which do I want to talk about first? Well, I guess we'll talk about word bearers a little bit first. So you mentioned I had a game last weekend. So in preparation for that game, I was, again, working on uh, some of the finer details on my word bearers force, in particular the uh, veteran tactical squad, uh, just trying to get some of that detail work knocked out and finished off. Uh, worked on that, um, and then I kind of switched gears a little bit and the bulk of my work has been on my Dark Angels Force for the Escalation. And been working on my 500 points. I've got that built. Uh, I've got it primed and base-coated. i uh, got lots of Dark Angels bits that I'm utilizing. So I did some, uh, some little bits work on, on some of my models. I'm actually using, uh, making use of my Kalth boxes, finally. So the my... Cataphracti Terminators are all from the Kalth box, so I had to take those and, and use some Dark Angels bits to uh, get them appropriate to the First Legion. That's freaking sweet, dude. I actually have uh, some Dark Angel bits if you want them. I think it was the like the Deathwing of the Knights. I have no idea why I have them. I think it was like long before I even knew 30K was a game. Mm-hmm. Like right when they came out with that Dark Angels kit, for some reason I have those bits. So like they're all yours if you want them. Oh, for sure, man. I appreciate that. So, I will. I'll put it to use. Yeah, I'd love to see like a cloaked head on a Cataphractor Terminator, but I think you'd have to do some drilling. Uh, yeah, I, I think it could work. I was actually looking at that tonight um, to see what all would be involved. Uh, that's one of the things I do like about uh, the Dark Angels. You've got some options with the cloaked heads. Uh, with your tacticals, if you wanted to do the cloaked torsos and things like that. And then just the 
the iconography that they've got. Um, very detailed. I mean, the sensors that they carry, um, not electronic sensors for those of you listening, but uh, the sensors think of what the priest at the Catholic Church swings around with the incense coming out of it. So uh, just all kinds of little bits like that. So I tried to incorporate those touches onto the cataphracti. And then also um, I've got a Cordis Contemptor in this 500-point list, and I incorporated some of those bits on him as well. So I think those are going to turn out turn out pretty sharp actually I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's looking so far that sounds fantastic man i haven't really seen any progress pictures so kind of kind of getting anxious to, <laughs> to see those yeah i was actually gonna gonna take some today and then i just i got busy and i, I didn't get any posted up um i was i'm wanting to get some more work done on the black before i post any pictures since i started the painting process uh you know from your raven guard you've you've kind of got a play with the black and it's hard to get people to see, especially in pictures that like, Hey, there's some more work that went into this than just spraying black all over it. it exactly. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty sad. I, you know, honestly, if you, if you, if you want to get like, if you want to touch base with somebody on how to paint dark angel black and like kind of give it like a cool, like green tinge to it, like to make them look like dark angels and get that like edge highlighting on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Fisher, talk to him i don't know if you saw his his dark angels that he brought to stiff oh, yeah yeah man i was really impressed and like he said like his scheme is like super simple and like he's like man he's like these are not even like my normal level of painting he's like you know so little effort went into these and i'm like these look <laughs> fucking great dude so yeah definitely touch base with him man i'm pretty sure he's got a scheme for you if you, you need some help with that i didn't even think about that yeah i i know that he brought the dark angels and that will be a great resource. I will reach out to him. Uh, I actually reached out to David Sampson about a week ago just to see, uh, see any input that, that he had on just kind of, you know, painting black and making it stand out. Um, because I, I did iron, iron hands in the past. And of course that being a black army and I used the forge world recipe for them, which is pretty involved. Um, so I was thinking of taking bits and pieces from that to use on my Dark Angels as well. Because the cool thing about that is it uses um, some of the Tamiya, like the clear yellow, the smoke, um, spraying that in spots over the armor. So when you, uh, you turn it in the light, it's almost like it's got, uh, well, it gives it a little bit of depth, I guess, is the best way to, to, to describe it. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of depth. Yeah. So uh, I pulled those paints out. I uh, did a little reorganization on the hobby desk tonight also. So I put uh, some of that stuff I haven't used since my iron hands. I pulled that kind of out of, out of the back row up to the front row. So once uh, we get to that step here in the next few days, I'm going to do a test model and, and see how it looks with the dark angels. That sounds sweet, dude. I'm excited to see that, uh, how that looks painted up. Yeah, I am too, man. It's a, uh, you know, Dark Angels was my very first 40k army. So of course, when I did it, then it was the the Caliban green. Uh, I did Deathwing, so you had the bone color Terminator. So it's it's a, it was a different looking art army, obviously. But it's kind of neat to, it's it's almost like full circle. You know, I've been in the hobby a few years now, and 
coming back to the army that first got me into 40k and approaching it with a, a, a different look and a different perspective is just been kind of neat. It's been a lot of fun just uh, going back and rereading some of the fluff and um, especially some of the more recent uh, horse heresy books that I read that have the dark angels like unremembered empire um, just seeing what they do in there and how they're described. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, man. It's uh, especially as the force grows. Um, I'm really excited to see, see what directions I can take it just from a fluff standpoint. So, and, and who knows, hopefully there'll be, I'm not, you know, we've got the escalation league obviously going on. I don't anticipate there being a book out with the dark angels in it before we finish this, but this would be army that I, that I have for a while. So when the book that has them actually does come out, it'd be fun to go back and, and add stuff to the army. So it's kind of what I'm looking far into the future with that. But I like how you have like, cataphracti terminators like all right like you know that there's going to be some death wing rules and so mm-hmm. like <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure man i mean if you look in book six um they've got like the proto raven wing mm-hmm. um they've got the iron wing so i i i know that we'll get some good death wing rules down the line so i'm, I'm the so the i guess i really haven't talked about what my force is about um what these guys are is they are a void assault force based on based off of the dark sovereign uh, dark angel ship which features in the xana incursion in book six so the whole idea behind this force is they are the guys that are on the dark sovereign that are assaulting the mechanicum and traitor ships in the system as the big battle goes down at the end of the xana incursion so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, looking at, at the Terminators, I've got Cataphracti started. I want to add some Tartarus Terminators to them. Uh, definitely utilizing uh, Contemptors and Dreadnoughts. And then, you know, going forward, looking at what vehicles would make sense, like Cestus Assault Rams. Um, I've looked at uh, Heavy Bolter um, Rapiers, just because I think that would be cool, something you could have in a Zone Mortalis type game. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of options and I think that it's something that's going to be, uh, I can keep it pretty fluffy, especially with the Xana stuff. Heck yeah, dude. That's and like... it's, uh, when we get to, to stiff three, which is, uh, the story will be, uh, taking a lot of this from that part of the Xana incursion. Um, some of the, some of this army will, will most likely make an appearance as, uh, you know, NPC type forces or set dressings on the different tables. Absolutely. Just like have a, some, I've always wanted to play a, an event where there's like some NPCs that could like fuck up both sides. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've just started thinking about that this last week as I kind of kicked it into gear with the escalation league stuff. And, uh, I, you know, obviously not sure exactly how that's going to be handled, but I, I think you will see some NPC forces in some of the missions, uh, for stiff three badass yeah we'll, we'll cover more of that as it gets closer man i got a little chill thinking about stiff three just now yeah dude that's been a hot topic here recently yep so yeah that's uh hobby wise oh i do have one other thing i've been working on um i'm i i got a thunderhawk in trade with uh with josh 
So right now I'm it's uh it's about eighty percent eighty five percent built. So I've got to finish building it and uh, get it primed. But yeah, you know, we were talking before the webcast, or I'm sorry, before the podcast. And uh, right now the the dilemma is what legion is that going to support? Because I've I've got some cool ideas that it could do with the word bearers, but it could also be so fluffy and awesome for a void assault army like the dark angels man dude like okay so think about it like this uh let's talk about it for your word bearers okay so if you were to take that for your word bearers and let's say adepticon 2017 rolls around Uh and you've got a pretty cool you know uh gal vorback thunderhawk list going on i think i think you have a good time man it it would definitely be unique um i don't think i saw anyone with a thunderhawk this last year i didn't see a thunderhawk yeah i I don't think there was one there so it would definitely be uh unique and i think uh especially filling it full of galvor bach and maybe uh maybe the mara gall uh dreadnought oh man uh it's i don't know how that i don't know how that would work like with the whole curse thing like does it does it count still i you know i don't know because it's i'd probably have to try to get i'd have to get some clarification on that because you know you you would think from a a fluff standpoint yeah it wouldn't make sense because it damages demons and psychers that are within six inches but also from a fluff standpoint i can picture You've got this, uh, the back part of the Thunderhawk is like warded by, you know, Erebus has come in and put these these wards and all this stuff into place in this compartment and bound inside of there is that Maragall uh, tainted dreadnought. You know, that's like the complete opposite of how I pictured it. I pictured oh. it like a Thunderhawk flies and there's like a maybe like 20 yard enchanted or like, you know, <laughs> like warded chain mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just like <laughs> pulling uh pulling a floating like <laughs> a dreadnought a contemporary dreadnought and <laughs> just <laughs> all right all right cut the chain then it just goes operation dumbo drop <laughs> and just falls into battle yeah they're they, they're lifting off and they're like how much how much chain do we give this and like just keep going till you see the red mark on the chain that's when you know you gotta stop <laughs> and he's far enough out <laughs> what's a uh, What's 12 inches in 28, non 28 millimeter, <laughs> 28 times 12 inches, whatever that is. And, and that's probably why that dreadnought is so crazed. It's not because he's cursed or, or possessed. It's because they won't let him in the fucking Thunderhawk. They, they keep him separated. He's always by himself. Then they're, they're swinging him down and he's probably smashing into buildings because the pilot flies too low. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's probably a story there. I have to, they have to look into that. They just cut the chain whenever it's time to drop him. <laughs> I think I think Bob's at about the right spot. Let's just just cut him loose here. He'll be fine. And what a badass question to ask uh, Forge World as well. You know, like how much of a boss are you going to feel when you have to type up an email saying, "Hey, real quick, if I take my Thunderhawk <laughs> with this model, how does the rule work?" And mm-hmm. they're going to be kissing your ass like, "Oh, well, this guy's got Thunderhawk." <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So better answer I, that question real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I think whenever you, you tell them and like, oh, I'm asking a question about my Thunderhawk or my Warlord Titan or yeah, you probably get sent to like a different department. 
yeah, he gets into like the the black FAQ, like the yeah the the special special FAQ answers. <laughs> he goes to a guy on call who's like, "Oh <laughs> shit, uh huh." Well, I better give Mister Pretty a call out there in Texas. <laughs> Let's ring him up right now. So yeah, yeah, that's how I see that going down. So yeah, you should definitely think about using that for your word bears. Although I'd love to see it in Dark Angels Black. Ah, yeah, I, and and that's the thing. I you know the word bears. I, I think it'd be really cool, uh, especially in the color scheme that I'm using. I think that'd be. So yeah, I think the uh, with that color scheme, I think is would be really sharp with the word bearers. But at the same time, just from a, again a fluff standpoint, you know, having your uh, your terminators and your guys for the dark angels riding across to that enemy ship in a Thunderhawk, I think is just spot on. I mean, I can visualize that. So yeah, just I can see it in that Dark Angels livery delivering those guys to their target. So I don't know. It's it's tough. I've got a little ways before I've got to make a decision on it, I guess. Um I mean I can use it immediately with the word bearers, but uh if it's for the Dark Angels, that's that's a couple of months off before that's gonna see the table. So and I've got to finish building it, uh, putting all the bits on it. I've got to get the nose piece put on. So not not in too big of a hurry, I guess, which with a Thunderhawk, you probably shouldn't be. Yeah, you should have Scattershot and uh, see if Birch will paint up whatever Legion you want that to be Ooh, in. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, dude, because mm. I, I, I pictured a, what a Word Bearer's uh, Thunderhawk would look like. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, like, what kind of work uh, Scattershot could do with it, like with you know the 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 runes on the side of it just like completely covering the whole thing like i i imagine like a thunderhawk completely covered in script yeah like, i could see that oh man that'd be some fucking work but and just have a little tfl flag hidden somewhere on it just just sneaking in there just a sneaky <laughs> snack yeah i may have to talk to to Burks and samson and see see what they think the the only thing i mean it'd be super cool i know they do a fantastic job it's just my only concern with doing that is, is it going to match my other word bearers units? Yeah, dude, they'll, they'll make sure it matches. Okay. Like you can actually send one of your models with it. And like that, that's one of the biggest things that they, they push is like, they will match your army. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, I may have to, I may have to explore that a little bit. A little shout out to Scattershot, Chris Birch, <laughs> Dave Sampson. Those are some good guys, man. Those are some good guys and they do tremendous work. So good. So, yeah, so that's that's what I've got on my table, man. That's what I've been working on. Uh, what about you? What have you got going on? Dude, man, I would, like, since the last time we talked, <laughs> I have been making some fucking Mechanicum, dude. Like, so much Mechanicum has been, like, through my little desk that I have set up. Okay, for starters, I upgraded my whole, like, desk setup. I went to back to basics gaming and I got like this whole like rack to hold all my paints, to hold all my paint brushes, to hold all my tools, like just completely a hundred percent acrylic. I got it in like this clear green with like a black, like it's just a badass thing. So like, you know, once you got that and like all of my, like you don't realize how much space your, your paints actually take up in your area until you get them consolidated somewhere, you know? Yeah, I, I can see that. And so once I got everything moved and I got everything organized, I realized I had this, like, massive area to, like, just do work and everything. And so, like, it was, like, this huge, like, you know, okay, well, I can do work now. 
And so I better do some work. So I've got my my escalation army pretty much in. Mm-hmm. I probably have, like, I know we're doing, you know, 500 points, 1,000 points. You know, it's going up in, in increments. But basically, I made my 2,500-point list and just ordered that out the gate. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to need this, 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 and this. Get it ordered. Get it on the way. Uh, I got some Castellax and some Thalax from you, so that was kind of like the the kickoff. That was kind of the, okay, put these models together and get a paint scheme that you want. Right. And so I've got I got those six Thalax together, those two Castellax, and I my order was on the way, so I got my paint scheme created, got my paint scheme ready, and uh, that like that turned out so much better than I thought it was going to. I was like real scared because I wanted to do like a tan. Mm-hmm. And so I painted just, you know, tan with the airbrush. It was uh, three levels of tan. Uh, it was like a Zandri dust, Ushbadi bone or whatever. And then like this real light layer of white scar. Mm-hmm. And then I went with just a normal paintbrush and like real sloppily just painted just all the metal parts on the model. Like I hit up everything with some Vallejo aluminum because, you know, that's kind of like this uh, real high... Like, they use real aluminum dust, so it's like the, the pigment's real high inside of it. Yeah. So, like, it, the coverage is fantastic on it. So I just hit up all the metal parts on the model, just like... Like I said, it was real sloppy. I just got it to where they needed to go. Mm-hmm. And then I used some uh, some Pledge with Future Shine. Uh, if, you, if you don't know about the Pledge of Future Shine... This is a doctor acted or doctor painted secret. Uh, like basically, it's floor sealant that you use through the airbrush, and it seals your models, like protects them. It, it's like a, it's like putting a gloss varnish on them. See, I've heard of that before. I just haven't talked to anyone that's actually done it. Yeah, dude. Two things that it does, right? So it works as a gloss varnish. It protects the model, and on top of that, if you've got a fruit fly or a gnat problem. For some reason, they love that shit. <laughs> so, like, if you leave the bottle open, they'll crawl in there and die. So, I've got this bottle with, like, that has had, I don't know, let's say probably 70 lives sacrificed to it. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is that your automata are powered by the deaths of the innocent. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Okay, like, I got you. Like, po- like these, these little critters, these little <laughs> insects were poisoned to death for my my dark mechanicum and that's 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 as metal as it gets that's that's so dark mechanicum man that's that's so perfect right there so so yeah so i i covered them with this pledge with uh, future shine and i hit them all with ak interactive streaking grime just like completely head to toe covered them through the airbrush with that ak interactive another trick i learned from dr painted and i like i used that trick a long time ago to paint my nights have not revisited it, but at the time that I was doing it with my knights, I ordered like rush streaks, streaking grime. Like I ordered all these different things, so I had so much left over, and I was like, let me try and revisit that. That way I can get like a fast paint scheme so that I can keep up with this Escalation League. Mm-hmm. And man, dude, it came out so good. Like I, like I was really happy with the way they came out. You know, it's, it's a quick paint job, but it, it, it has results. You know, they're, they're like, of course, I got to go back and hit up like the sensors, the lenses, the the wires and stuff like that. But just to get that base coat down and like that base coverage for all the panels and everything. So quick. It worked out so well. 
Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good process. Just uh, the, the stuff that you used, and you know, the one of the things that you know, you sent me a couple of pictures. One of the things that I really liked, and I've already told you this, but just the fact that uh, whether by design or not, uh, your color scheme is so close to the uh, the void and consultory from Xana, all the Mechanicum there, that just made me happy inside. <laughs> yeah, so so. I thought, that was, I thought that was really cool. That was not by design, and I actually didn't realize it until you pointed it out, and then other people started saying, it's like, oh, you're <laughs> you're going Zana? Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, what? I am? And I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, man. The, like, the only reason I painted them tan like that is because I really, like, like if, if y'all don't know, if you haven't seen my models yet, uh, I'm going to Dark Mechanicum, and my whole idea behind the Dark Mechanicum was going to be this... Uh, like an Archmagos that got left behind on a planet. And so he had to kind of, kind of to like survive. So he programmed the, the machine spirit inside all of his automata and all of his Thalax and stuff like that to kind of be a, you know, feral and like hunters, you know? And so I wanted him to basically be on this planet so long that he has a cult following. And so, they this this small cult following like basically sees these Thalax, the Castellax, the Domitars, anything that he has, they see them as uh, as like gods. And so like I put candles and skulls and like scripts all over my Thalax, my Castellax and all that stuff. And I really wanted to use red candles. And so I thought to myself, like, okay, I can't use like I can't do a red model and then red candles on top of that. So I yeah. gotta have like a contrasting color. So, you know, just a shout out to old Mr. Birch again, busted out the old color wheel, seeing what goes with what. And see, so, you know, like a, it, it worked out, you know, it, it, those, those, those colors really contrast on each other. And I found a new use for the blood for the blood God technical paint. Uh, if you use blood for the blood God on a, red base coat it looks like melting wax so yeah, that is pretty cool and I've, I've got some of that that blood for the blood god i just haven't used it yet yeah so i totally use that for my wax on my castellax and my, my thalax so hmm. yeah so i i knocked out those five models painted those five thalax and those two castellax i have assembled and I actually just finished before we actually started this podcast I finished putting a thalax together. Now I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen assembled but unpainted thalax, and assembled but unpainted vorax, and an assembled but unpainted domitar. So I could come at you with anything in this uh, escalation league. Yeah, that's that's a good mix of of automata right there. Now, so let me ask you this, and you may not want to answer just if you're trying to keep some secrets, but are you thinking you're going to go, um, you mentioned having Castellax, you mentioned having Thalax, Vorax, are you wanting to lean more towards the use of like Cyberthurgy? Um, or are you thinking, you know, hey, I'm going to lean more towards the robots that don't benefit from that, but that they've got other other pros to, uh, to go with? Well, after like, basically after sitting down and looking over the fluff and so ideally my first thought was oh i'm gonna run cybernetica i'm gonna run cybernetica i'm gonna get this 24 inch bubble run some cyberthurgy i'm gonna just like be pumping up vorax pumping up the alterax and all this stuff and i like 
long term, I was thinking, yeah, man, I'll have, you know, Domitars running around. I'll have Castleaks running around, Thanatars. But then I got to thinking, like, you know, fluff-wise, okay, if this guy got left behind, you know, the, the way I kind of see it is I see it as it was a calculated decision to leave him left behind on this planet and, like, they had to go. Like, maybe the losses were too great, and they were like, you know what, this guy's not going to survive. Like, we, we got to just pull out. Or, you know, it's it, it just like... I'm not like I haven't really figured out why he got left behind, but I know he did. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, well, okay, if he got left behind and there we're gonna load up and take all the good shit. Like they're gonna take, you know, they're gonna take the Triaros with them, they're gonna take, you know, Thanatars, they're gonna like get everything they can and like load up real quick, and he's gonna get left behind with like things that are kind of replaceable and expendable. So I'm thinking oh, okay. Yeah, so but it's kind of one of those things where he's got to put his time in to make certain things run. And so he's not going to make a bunch of thralls and stuff like that because it's not worth his effort. So I had this idea of like, you know, Thalax, just shitload of Thalax. It makes sense for him to put together. He'll have access to a lot of Thalax because they're kind of like the, the shock troops of the Mechanicum in the first place. So yeah, that's pretty much like, the way I see the whole army running. So not I'm not like I was I was going to more like a Domitar, like a whole um like I said, cyberneticalist, but I think I've backed off of that idea a lot. And what sucks is like I have like a whole bunch of like Domitar sitting in front of me now. <laughs> and I mean they're cool models. I'm looking forward to painting them. But you like I don't know if you've ever like ordered a bunch of shit that like for a list that made sense at the time. And then you look back at it, and you're like, fuck, now I got, like, like, what the fuck am I going to do with six Vorax? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I did the same thing with the Mechanicum early on. I had a ton of stuff, uh, made a couple of bulk orders right at the beginning. Well, let me back up. Right when they started coming out with, they expanded the line. And so when you started getting the Vorax, the Thanatar, and all of that stuff started coming out, um, and... Yeah, there ended up being something like I never really used the Vorax. I never really got into them uh, with the uh, style of list that I was running. So for me, that was kind of the unit that was like, well, I mean, they're cool. Um, the skill axe was another one. I mean, they're cool, but I don't really use them. They All don't right. really have a place. All right. So I do have six. Sil- uh, I'm sorry. Eight Silax. So like I, I got two things of Silax. And I'm looking at the... Okay, so for, for any of you listeners out there, if you haven't played a Mechanicum Army yet or you haven't gotten a Mechanicum Army, buy a heat gun. You're going to need it. Oh, yeah. All, I didn't realize, like, all of the little tubes that they like, they send that look all badass and, like, bendy and, like, you know, fucking tentacle porn look. Like, no, they don't come like that. They come straight, and you got to bend them. <laughs> that's, uh, that's actually what got me to buy a heat gun in the first place was the Skelax models. Dude, I looked at these models, and what's crazy is, like, in my 2,500-point list that I have built up now, I have no fucking, like, use for these models. But in my head, I have this idea of a Crassus just full of blood with, like, candles all over it, scripts written all over it, and, like, cultists riding on top of it, and, like, Silax, like, sitting inside of it. And like they just get fed these people, and so 
That's no, I, I think it's such a, a neat image if you think about it, because I'm picturing what you're saying. And I'm thinking of like this, you know, it's it's rolling up, maybe not even to a battlefield. It's rolling up. Maybe you're the, the Magos is subjugating like a village or something. And so that Crassus rolls up on the outskirts. There's all this chanting. The back gates drop or the, the ramps drop. And, you know, the blood is like flowing down the ramps. And all you see are like the lights from the lenses just start winking inside of, I don't know. It's just, you got it, dude. That's pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so into what you're doing with this. I mean, it's really cool. Yeah. That's exactly how I saw that. Like I, I picture these like Silax thinking for some reason that they have to eat like, Mm -hmm. uh, like some like walking dead shit. Like they keep eating, but it doesn't go anywhere. Like why the fuck do they do it? It's like, Oh no, that's, that's what they're programmed to do, man. They're programmed to eat, even though it doesn't do anything. And so, well, and the, and the cool thing is with like the Thalax and I think even the Skillax, I haven't read this with the Skillax, but um, with like the Thalax, I've read in a couple of different spots that like when people with psychic ability look at them, like they can feel or they can see like the person that once was like screaming inside of them. Because like the Thalax, they're basically, you know, there's meat parts inside of it. You know, you've still got the brain, some of the brain, some of the spine. Um, and so there's still some of that person trapped inside of it. So I, I kind of see the skill acts in the same way. And I think that's why that works for me, like that description of what you're doing. Because, you know, while the thalax, they have that blank faceplate and there's really no mechanism for them to to think they need to feed. So the skill acts, they've literally got a skull on the front. So it's conceivable that you know, they could have like a working little mandible or something. For sure, dude. And that's a, that's another big thing that's going on with my army right now is if you look at all my work in progress pictures, I don't have any heads glued on. And uh, that's because on the Heresy 30K forums, I saw uh, this guy actually put um, the Archmagos, whatever that guy's name is, the one that comes with the wolf head. Uh, Drake, Dracovac. Yeah, Dracovac or, you know, some Russian name. Uh, they had basically got a bunch, like I guess they recast the head. And so he had a bunch of these heads of Dracovac on all of his Thalax. So I went to some Polish company, I think it's like Bits Paletto or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I ordered a bunch of what they call dragon skull heads. And so I've trimmed off all the lenses from the front of my Thalax. And I'm going to be putting half of a dragon skull head on all of them, so they'll all have these, like, skull heads and skull faces. Oh, that's cool. So, although they're supposed to be, you know, this faceless killer, they won't be. Yeah, now they're going to be even scarier because they've got a dragon skull on the front. Yeah, dude, they're it's going to be, they're going to be, like, an elite, fast-moving, shock troop army of Thalax. Uh, it's gonna, that's going to be great to see on the table. I think you're going to have fun with it. That's one of the... Uh, Thalax is probably one of my favorite units from running Mechanicum. So I always have a lot of fun when I bring them on the table. I'm looking forward to it. I'm just not looking forward to all the, like, the rules learning. Like, I feel like I'm way behind in the mechanic. Like, when, when I sat down and actually, like, read the Red Book, like, page per page, like, what can I do? Like, it started mm-hmm. making sense to me. But there's still so much that I know I'm going to forget that I'm really worried about. Like, it took me a while to to remember all the rules for my my Raven Guard, let alone you know, picking up a whole separate army that doesn't have basic profiles and all that. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. There is a learning curve with it. And I think, you know, especially because you've got a lot of the units that do like, oh, well, this unit gives you minus two to cover. This unit makes you reroll cover. This unit has an infiltrate bubble. This, you know, so on and so forth. Just a lot of little stuff that when you click it all together, it, it works really well in the army. But if you start forgetting pieces of it, it can come back and bite you real fast. Yeah, that's one thing that I was kind of worried about was the um, the gin site. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, minus two to cover. And yep. then on top of that, if you have, like, a Cyber Ocularis, it's another minus one. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's, like, something that I was like, man, that'll be super useful against, like, jinking, like, jet bikes or this or that. And I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, I'm going to use that, but I know it's going to be something I'm going to forget. <laughs> yeah, what what happened is you'll remember, like, the minus two, and then you'll forget the plus one or the minus one from the Ocularis. Yep. That's, that's what would happen to me. I'd have my Ocularis out and then completely forget that they also give that benefit. So, yeah, I feel you, man. I've been there. So, yeah, that's what I've been working on, man. That's, uh, like, basically just a bunch of Mechanicum. And I got that Chaplain Dreadnought assembled as well. But, cool. you know, it's uh, it's 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 slowly, slowly working its way through. No now, complaints. Now we just need to get some more games in. Yeah, dude, I'm. I really want to get some games in this weekend. At, at least a 500 point game. Uh, that's that's definitely where I want to be. Getting one of these escalation games in this weekend. I have the models for it, so I just need to get it painted up tomorrow, and then hopefully, you know, get something in this weekend. But uh, speaking of games, dude, you had a game against Jay. Yeah, for sure, man. Um... I brought 2,500 points of word bearers uh, led by Zardu Layak to fight against Conrad Kurz and uh, the Night Lords. And it was, uh, I'll tell you, man, when he, when he started unpacking his army, I was a little bit intimidated when I saw the Primarch come out. Yeah, dude. Yeah. How, many, how many points was it before? It was uh, 2,500. 2,500 points. Yeah, dude. Anytime yeah. a Primarch gets thrown on the table, it's kind of... You kind of pucker a little bit. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And with this list, um, I'm not running a Primark. I'm not running a Super Heavy. So um, I, I was a little uncertain how the list was going to do. Um, given that, um, you know, I try what I did with my list. So going back to Adepticon, as I was working on Adepticon Prep, I basically had two types of lists I was working on. Uh, I had a uh, a Last of the Serrated Sun list uh, led by um, Argyle Tall, who basically I just created him using uh, some Praetor stats, and then and I kit bashed a model for him, and then I had a. Uh, by the way, real quick, like I remember how I kept asking you about Argyle Tall and like who that dude was and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so after finally learning who that guy, Argyle Tall's a badass. Like oh, I can yeah. see why you made a character after Argyle Tall. Just oh man! Kudos to that. <laughs> yeah, he's a, and, and I still. So well, let me talk about the list, and because I'm going to go back, because this list that I ran this weekend was kind of a hybrid of the two lists that I was working on for Adepticon. So just to make a long story short, with that, so what I brought to the table uh, this past Saturday, uh, Zardu Lyak was leading the list. Uh, I did use the Last of the Serrated Sun, a Rite of War, out of Book Six. So that enabled me to take uh, Galvor Bach as troops. And it also enabled me to put Galvor Bach in 
They could take an Anvilus or a Legion drop pod as a dedicated transport. So I took two squads of, of five-man uh, Galvorbach, and each of them had an Anvilus. Then I took a... Ten... Eight-man squad of Ashen Circle, I believe. Well, actually, probably easier. I'll just open up my list. That way I'm not sitting here trying to... Um, remember everything yeah so uh we had zardy lyak has already said um had two squads of the galvor bach uh, the dark martyrs each had a power fist and artificer armor i'm still kind of playing with the list so in the future i don't know that i'll keep that like that um i had a legion vets a nine-man legion vet squad and then uh, they were riding in uh, actually, it was less than that. It was an eight-man. Sorry, I pulled up the wrong list. Uh, an eight-man that was riding in a Charybdis. Uh, we had a tactical support squad that was riding in a Legion uh, drop pod. I had two Sakaran Venators. Uh, the reason I took two was I just needed to fill points uh, towards the end. Um, I don't have a lot of stuff built for the War Bears yet, so I was struggling um, for the that last couple hundred points. So I threw that other Sakaar and Venator in there. And then I had, uh, had a chaplain and then I had a Damocles Rhino. So the idea was you've got your Venators and your Damocles starting on the table and everything else is coming in, uh, via drop pod slash and the Ashen Circle case, a deep strike. Then use a Damocles to try to bring them in when I need them and then have that 24 inch bubble. Um, so that was the idea. I was fighting against night Lords. Uh, so Conrad Kurz and he was with, I believe a terror squad. Um, that was pretty ugly. Just that squad by itself. Uh, he had a jet pike squad. Uh, he had a Sakaar inventor of his own. And then he had two anvilus drop pods, with uh, more dudes, and I don't remember if they weren't terror squad. I don't remember what the this what type of uh, marines they were. I'm not real up to speed on on all the night lord units, but he had a, a couple of more of those that he could drop in. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of funny how y'all both took Sikar and Venators, and I guess the whole idea was like you were assuming the other side was going to have this like massive tank that you had to take care of or something. And neither of y'all brought the money. Y'all actually both took Venatars to kill Venatars. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what ended up happening. And like I said, I felt a little silly bringing two. Um, I, I knew for, you know, regardless of the army that he brought, I really didn't think I would see anything that was going to need two Venatars. But again, I was just trying to fill some points and that was the, the only other thing I had built that could go. Um, but yeah, it was kind of funny during the game. The, the Venatars basically ended up being on the same side of the table. And that was what they did. They took pot shots at each other. And he ended up round one immobilizing my Venator number one. And then round two, I ended up immobilizing his Venator. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was just that that part was kind of silly. Um, he ended up uh, bringing the game. We ended up calling the game in round three just due to time. Um, 
we hadn't hung out in a while. And so I think we ended up bullshitting for like an hour and a half or two hours before we actually started the game. So once we got to about 1030 or so, we said, well, we need to call it, uh, you know, wife and family calling from home, that kind of thing. So no, the, uh, it was a pretty neat game though. I, my, my biggest fear, like I said, was curs followed by the jet bikes. Um, but Kurz was definitely, I wasn't sure how I was going to handle him. So what ended up happening was uh, Jay got first turn. Uh, I tried to seize, did not happen. So he brought one of his squads in behind my Damocles. I had my Damocles up in some ruins, safely nestled, hopefully that nobody was going to mess with it. And uh, he brought one of his squads in in a Legion drop pod right behind it. So luckily for Jay, we're not using the the new Legion drop pod rule, so he was able to bring it in where he needed it to land. And he got his guys out and pretty uh, pretty immediately started putting some hurt on that Rhino. Um, he ended up destroying it in round two. Um, but that worried me. I knew once that thing was gone, that was going to make it really hard. You know, part of my army does depend on on getting that bonus to get them in there in time. Yep. You don't want that uh, fourth or fifth turn. Oh, Half no. your army's not on the table. No. And I could see that. I really, I, I was afraid of that because one, I'm not. So eventually I'll have my additional uh, anvilists and drop pods put together so that I'll have more coming in round one. Uh, right now I've only got four drop pod or four pods, just quote unquote, uh, two uh, two anvilus, um, and then the Charybdis, and then the Legion drop pod. So with the rules, I can bring half of them in, so it's only two coming in round one. So yeah, I'm definitely needing that bump from the Damocles. Um, and I was only able to get it for that round two, uh, that round three. Uh, unfortunately, um, it was gone by then, so... I wasn't able to get and also I I was holding my uh, ordnance shot from it until I had a, a better basically a better shot on the table so that was a mistake early on in the game too because yeah again he took it out round two before I could do anything with it so I lost that d3 ordnance uh, barrage that you could call down which mm. uh, that that would have made I think could have made a little bit of a difference you didn't think about icing those dudes that fucked you up? Like, like the, I guess, like, the first turn, you said it took them turn two to kill you. Yes. Man. You, yeah, you didn't they, think about just, like, fuck you dudes for bolt pistoling my butt. Uh, you know, it, honestly, I didn't. I It did not occur to me to drop it right behind me. Um, I kept thinking, I was like, oh, I, I'm going to wait and get, get his guys in a better spot and drop it on a bigger unit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I should have just bit the bullet and, and try to get those guys out of my rear end. Cause that's what it was. They were basically taking pot shots at me from behind me. And, uh, you know, you're a rhino. You don't have a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to defend you from from the rear. So, uh, mistake on my part, but yeah. any, anytime I run that Damocles, I know like, cause it like people see it as like such a huge threat I guess because it's got that 24 inch bubble. So, you know, naturally it, it's got that no scatter bubble and then it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's your, your manipulating reserves. So, you know, people always see it as a threat. So every time I play it, if 
anybody comes near it, I just think to myself, you know what? Okay, now it's time to use my barrage. Boom, just <laughs> annihilate them. It's not always the most effective use of that barrage, but fuck, it works. Yeah, and that's exactly it, because if, if, if I wouldn't have lost it, I could have gotten in my remaining my last remaining drop pot in round three. Now, of course the game didn't go to round four, but, um, I, I wasn't able to get that, that tactical support squad in, um, in rounds two or three. So that hurt me because just, it was limiting what I had on the table, but we ended up basically coming down to this big battle in the center of the table. We were fighting in a, it was a cityscape, a ruined cityscape, and so he was bringing uh, Kurs and that terror squad across the table towards me. So what I did was I, I brought in the Anvilus and on round one, trying to basically box in his, uh, his big squad with my Galvarbach. So I had one, one, basically one unit on one side, one unit on the other. And then in round two, I brought in my Charybdis to kind of, if you want to call it, you know, seal the trap, so to speak, because uh, the Charybdis had uh, Zardu in it. <laughs> seal so, the trap. Yeah. So I was thinking, I was like, well, if I can get get those Galvarbach out there um, where I've got a squad on each side of him and then get uh, that Charybdis comes down, um, you know, getting and all during this time, getting my heat blast going, uh, I was able to pick off a couple of dudes uh, just from the heat blast. So that was nice. Yeah, I love and, that heat blast. Just like it, it's, it's so unprepared. Like it just you slam in, and then poof. And you were actually I, I saw that part of the game where you were getting some solid rolls on that heat blast. Yeah, it 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 really it did work. I was pretty pleased with you know the anvil both anvilus and the charybdis um, because in that list I I'm not gonna say I have to depend on that, but. It's definitely if you can kill a, a couple of models, a couple of, of tacticals or or any sort of troops when you come in just to soften up these units, uh, it just puts you in a better spot. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I got those guys down, got everybody out um, and he brought his jet bikes in to the middle also. Um, so we were shaping up to have this big kind of melee in the middle of the board and uh, that's pretty much how the rest of the game went. I summoned, uh, I got one summoning off, so I summoned uh, a three flamers of Zinch, and I put them between my tactical vets and Kurz's squad, and then, like I said, I had the Galvar Bach on each side, and then the, the tactical dudes, and uh, from there, we just, uh, we, we went into to melee, and I was able to kill his terror squad completely but uh Kurz is a beast yeah he well he's just like you know people say he's a beast he's slippery like he's yeah okay that's a good way to put it because he used his hit and run basically so you know i killed his squad out from around him and so he did his attacks took out some some dudes and then he's like, all right i'm gonna bounce yep i'm like fuck he's a slippery little snake yeah, and so next round, he bounces into the tactical vet squad. <laughs> so, because that's where he's going to do the most damage. Yep. And so that's uh, he killed. 
everybody down to uh, Zardu and the Chaplain, I believe. So, and that's where we ended in round three. So it's we, he kind of turned the tables on me. I'd killed his squad out from around him. So he came back and killed Zardu's squad out from around him. Um, I think uh, if we would have continued going, uh, Jay and I had talked kind of a little after action and, you know, we were pretty evenly matched at the point where we dropped it. Um, because, you know, with Zardu still on the table, um, I still had a squad uh, with the chaplains on the table. I still had demons on the table. Um, plus the Galvar Bach, both squads were still on the table. And then, you know, I had a squad waiting in reserve and a drop pod. Um, I, I really think it's it still could have pulled it out, especially if it could have brought that, that drop pod in to secure an objective elsewhere on the table just to try to, to out objective points him. Yeah. So uh, we, we kind of, we called it a draw at that point because um, we could, like I said, see it going either way because he still had dudes in a, in an ambulance at that point too. He had an ambulance that was just flying around trying to flame stuff. And uh, he still had a squad in there that he could pull out if he needed to, to try to cap an objective. So yeah, it was, it was a good game. I, I felt like I learned a lot uh, with regards to the demon summoning. Um, that was my first time to use that. I know uh, Kimmel and I talked a little bit about it um, at Adepticon. I know he's a big fan of that. And um, I'd wanted to try to Adepticon. I just, I wasn't prepared, so I didn't. So this game with Jay uh, brought that out. And um, I, I could definitely see the benefit of it. There's a lot of utility that you can bring, especially getting even with just the basic uh, summoning power just the different things that you can bring on the table. If you want like more of a beef squad, uh, if you want, uh, you know, those flamers that I brought out, they had that war, those warp flame templates. So that was good to try to eat up a big squad of dudes that they were opposing. Um, yeah, just, a, just a lot of, uh, a lot of flexibility. So it gives you, it's kind of more of a force multiplier. What made you pick the flamers? Like out of everything, like first, first time, using your demons like I, I like i feel like if if i were summoning some demons in i would have gone like straight blood letters or like demonettes like flamer seems like an odd choice to me well yeah um i could see that and in hindsight the blood letters you know bringing in 10 blood letters might have been a better choice uh, the reason i went with the flamers is you know looking at their warp flame ability I was was rolling the dice, so to speak, thinking like, you know what? I think I can take out. I can. I've got a, a lot of good overlapping templates on that squad, so I think I can f try to force a lot of wounds. And again, I was trying to get all of Kurz's um, support out of that squad, so that way I could put all the attacks on him, whatever you know, whatever I'm assaulting him with. Because the, the hope was, once those dudes were out of the way. I could, you know, keep him tied up with a those two Galvor box squads and then have Zardu continue summoning demons. So um, the flamers worked. I ended up, I think I only killed two guys. No, three guys with the flamers. So eh, I don't know. I mean, next time I'll, I'll I'm going to have to try some different units. So we'll see. Um, ideally... Yeah, when I'm looking at what I want to do with the list and future games, ideally 
bring Zardu in that's somewhere out of the main uh, events. That way, if I can get him in round one and get him to summon um, some of the horrors, then I can use them to pump his summoning ability and to pump his psychic dice to try to to get bit, bigger and better stuff in future rounds. For sure. And, like, what options do you have to, like, summon demons? Like, does it... Can it get better? Like, does it, like... It, like, I, I really don't know too much about demonology, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just a, a schoolboy. <laughs> yeah, it's... And I was kind of... You know, I'm learning myself, but uh, the cool thing about it is, depending on what power you roll... So, what I did with Zardu, um, he's Mastery Level 2. I went ahead and chose, instead of choosing two different uh, schools, so to speak, and that's, I guess, my old-school D&D player coming out of me, calling them schools... Uh, but instead of choosing two different schools, I chose, I put basically all my eggs into uh, the Malefic, the Demonology, and that way I get the Primaris power automatically, and the Primaris power is your generic summoning. (laughs) So you've got four or five different types of demons you can summon, and that's where you can get your horrors, your blood letters, so on and so forth. Um, When you go and you roll on the table, though, for the other powers... Uh, you've got Cursed Earth, and you've got, uh, I think there's a Witchfire one, but then you've got three other powers that are basically more advanced summoning so that you can try to get bigger and better demons. That and sounds like, badass. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, I'm going to have to expand my demon models. I've got stuff that covers everything from the basic power, so I can summon anything on there. Um, unfortunately I've only got enough models to summon, I think one unit of each type, except for the horrors. I've got two units of horrors, but every, like the blood letters, I've got one unit, the demonettes, I've got one unit. Um, so I'm going to have to, if I want to summon multiples, I'll have to really, uh, look at buying some more and expanding those. Uh, but then when I go into the bigger stuff, um, I really don't have much in the way I've got one or two. Uh, of those models and I would be lying if I started trying to name them off just because I'm not well versed in them yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to, to buy some more demon models in the future. Um, I could definitely see that having to happen if, if I continue with the summoning, which I think I will with the, with the Zardu list. Um, but I, I do. So for the event that I'm going to in July, I'm, I'm I've got to make a decision. Do I want to run an Argyle tall list or a Zardu list? And so that's what I've got to think about between now and then. If I'm going to run Zardu, I've really got to sit down and and break all these demons out, put them out on the table and start trying to say, okay, kind of plan out how I want to bring them in. Yep, dude, I hear you. Do you want to blow people's minds and get free units or do you want to go ass kicking out the gate? Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, got to get some more practice with them. Um, I, I was glad to be able to use them in that game versus Jay. Uh, so, of course, he didn't, you know, he had Sevatar on the list, so he had some minimal psychic power on his side. Um, but most Legion lists, um, they're not going to have a lot of psychic defense. So I'm curious how that's going to work, too, you know, as far as trying them trying to... Uh, to deny my summoning. So we'll see. Yeah, dude, you just basically told everybody at Golars they need to take (laughs) a librarian in their list. 
<laughs> yeah, we're gonna see all these legions with librarians and be like, "How fluffy is this? Come on, guys!" What? Uh, yeah, but who knows? I may show up at Golar's. I've got twenty Ashen Circle. I may show up with a full Ashen Circle list. You know, you don't know. Do it. It could happen, and trust me, that list would be fun all by itself. Because I, I didn't get to use them really well. I got to use the flamers. They didn't. I didn't get them into assault. Um, this last game. But I got to use their hand flamers. That was cool. So we'll see. He's we'll gonna see. take. He's gonna take demons, guys. <laughs> bring, bring bring your librarians. Yeah, it's gonna be like, oh, okay, I see how this is. So glad, yeah. glad I glad I know we have that many listeners. <laughs> hey, you know what? If everyone there brings brings a librarian, you're, it's exactly it. I'll be thankful for all the for all the listeners. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was that was my game with Jay, man. Um. Of course, it's always fun playing Jay. He's a, a super strong player. I mean, he's got a real firm grasp of the rules. And seeing his armies on the table, that's, you know, that's one of the biggest things for me is he's such a great modeler, such a great hobbyist. And seeing just the paint jobs, his lightning scheme that he's got on his Night Lords, just sweet, man. Oh, yeah, I like playing Jay, too. It's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Always, always a pleasure. So his models are always nice. He's like never comes to the table with unpainted models, and yeah. I, I, and I, I tell him, you know, like I showed up, I had that second Venator. So that Ven- second Venator I brought was my Venator I assembled at Adepticon that I was gonna thought I was gonna have to use in a pinch. And uh, yeah, that's why I told him, I was like, oh man, I feel feel kind of shitty. I've got a literally a fully unpainted model sitting here, still didn't even have primer on it, <laughs> and he was just laughing. But thankfully, everything else that I... Well, my Ashen Circle wasn't painted either. So at least all of that had primer on it and base coat on some of them. But yeah. everything else was painted. Yeah, dude, I could have given a shit if my stuff was painted until I met Jay. Mm-hmm. And like now it's like, fuck, I can't, I can't go play Jay with unpainted models. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he gets you... Jay, it's really cool because he definitely makes you want to raise the bar in your hobbying. It's just a good man. Glad to have him. Glad yep. to have him. I love that guy. But yeah, that was my game, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully get a game this weekend if everything works out. So maybe have Josh or yourself as an opponent. We'll see. Yeah, I'll take some anti psyker shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we, I think it'd be awesome if we could get one of our 500 point games knocked out. I'm totally down for that. But I, I'm. It, it will all depend. I work late tomorrow night, so I don't know how much painting I'm going to get done tomorrow. So we do play it. Might have to be a word bearers list. That's all right. I'm still down for that. Yeah, just as long as we get to play. I'll be uh, I'll be loyalist for a match. Cool. So speaking of escalation, dude, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Let's go yeah. into let's go into this escalation. Why don't you lead the Why don't you lead the convo? Sure thing, man. Yeah, um, so I think everyone knows that there's an Escalation League. I don't think we, we need to worry about people learning it for the first time at this point. Um, I think what the big thing is, I think some people are still curious as to how it works and what's going on with it. So the the easiest way to explain it is I'm going to explain it just like I posted to the Heresy 30K forum. And basically, you need to find some guys some dudes some dudes you know you know part of this hobby is about meeting dudes um find some dudes in your area that are 30k curious or they're 30k fans 
and they want to start a new army or they're game to start a new force and uh, get you a group of people that are willing to, to play a few games each month. And what the Escalation League is saying is every month it's going to go up by 500 points um, for the first three months anyway. And then from September to October to jump 1,000 points. So in June, uh, you've got 500-point Zone Mortalis games. In July, it will escalate to 1,000-point Zone Mortalis games. And then August, you'll go to 1,500 points, and it's going to be strategic raid missions, uh, which can be found in Book 4. Uh, if you haven't checked those missions out, they are pretty darn cool. Uh, I'm a big fan of them, and they're... They're geared for smaller point games. So you won't feel weird, or you shouldn't feel weird, playing Heresy at 1,500 points with these missions. Uh, September, you'll go to 2,000 points, continuing your strategic raids. And then October is the month of all-out war. And that's when you'll have 3,000 points using regular Age of Darkness missions. So the goal is... Each 500 points and then your 1,000-point jump, you're going to fully paint. So you don't want to field any unpainted models. This is about being a closer. So in June, you want to get your 500 points painted up, and you want to play three games in the month of June. And then July, same thing, three games with your 1,000 points. August, three games with your 1,500 points, so on and so forth. Um, if you're... Doing that, that's kind of the basic outline. So there's, it goes a little bit beyond that, though. We're asking that, one, that you post your commitment each month. So you're going to pledge, I'm going to do this force. And people have asked, do I need to pledge? Do I need in the picture to show, like, my unbuilt models or what? And all we're saying is, you could do that if you want, but post up your list. Say, this is the list I'm going to work on for this month. And then, you know, we want to see work in progress picks. Uh, that's awesome. That keeps everyone uh, engaged. And then you'll post, uh, you know, your completed picks at towards the end of the month or as soon as you get them done. So that's going to be either on the scouring of, and I'm going to, I'm going to murder this name, scouring of Thunger Metallicos. It's it's a thuh. I just, yeah, I've been I saying thought, puh. Like punger. No, it's it's a thud, if I recall what one of the Swedes told me. Oh, my bad then. Yeah. I mean, we could call it punger. I mean, we're Texas after all. <laughs> that's that's how I've been referring <laughs> to it as. Uh, but yeah, my understanding was it's the scouring of Thunger Metallicos. Uh, okay. for, those, for those of you, if you're in Sweden, feel free to correct us. You can let us know if we just messed this all up. Uh, but that's the name. You can search that out on Facebook. There's a Facebook page for that. Uh, that you can post your commitments in. Um, likewise, if you're not a fan of the Facebook, there are those people out there, uh, you can go to the Heresy 30K boards, and in the events uh, forum, each month I'll just post up, you know, June, July, August, September, or so on, for people to post their commitments in there. And we've actually already had a, a player, uh, Alaric, on the boards posted his up today. So, yeah, so you've got two different ways you can post your commitment. Um, then you're, so, and we're asking a lot, a lot of steps for you guys, but it, there's a big payoff for all this. So 
the next piece of it is you want to go to the AUS30k.com site. You're going to register uh, basically a, a user ID, and that's where you're going to put your battle reports. So let's say that Michael and I, we knock out uh, Dark Angels versus Mechanicum over the weekend. So we get our first Zone Mortalis game taken care of. So we're going to go and we're just going to fill out the battle report on OS 30K. And then what that does is that's how it's going to track. So this is a global event. People all over the world are doing this. That's how we're going to track who is basically winning, loyalists or traders, worldwide. And that that website that uh, Andrew Hollis uh, runs over there in Australia Aus30k.com will do that for us. In addition, there's a lot of work that's gone into already um, the fluff and the background for the world that this is taking place on. So all that stuff's up there. You can look at a world map. You can read about the different uh, the hives and the manufactorums. Um, you can see all that stuff on there. So it kind of gives you a better feel of where you're fighting your battles. And you can pledge to whatever area you want. So if you're a fan of uh, Radio Free Istvan, you, know, you can be part of our group, so to speak, and fight battles in our area, which is Tejas Secundus. Um, if you're a fan of the Eye of Horus, you know, they've got their spot on there. So each of the 30K podcasts that's involved in this has their own spot on the map. So you can kind of support and fight with your favorite podcast if you want to go at it from that direction. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm a, there's what, there's three different U.S. ones, planets, or just two? It's us and CZ Initiative? Uh, yes. So for the United States, it's us and CZ Initiative. Um, our friends to the north uh, in Canada, um, Age of Darkness podcast, They've got their own spot. And then I think that's it for North America. It's just us. Yeah, we got the coastline inside the map. <laughs> so if you like beach weather and all that stuff, maybe maybe we, maybe our little area is going to be. I'm hoping that the, the traders, like if you're a badass trader player, come to the Tejas side and uh, we'll put good use to you. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but... Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I just say, I just want to see people that say, hey, man, we love you guys on RFI or we love you TFL guys. Um, so we're going to support you guys. So I just think that'd be cool. Whether trader or loyalist, either way. I mean, loyalists are probably going to win this because loyalist. You heard that? You heard that, traders? <laughs> Big talk. Big talk from a Dark Angels player. <laughs> well, I actually feel a little better saying that because at least in 30K, I've got some decent rules versus uh, 40K Dark Angels. I suppose. I guess. <laughs> Your tyrannic greatsword or whatever. Oh, that's going to be cool. Can't wait to bust that bad boy out. I don't know. So, yeah, man, uh, the OS 30K site, just keep in mind, uh, uh, I know looking at it and going into the battle report side of it, it is a little bit daunting at first. It does look a little bit uh, intimidating, especially with all the HTML and all that stuff that you will be required to be posting. Uh, but just remember, if you're using Battlescribe, if you're using a lot of the um, the 
the tools that are that are used for you. A lot of that stuff will export to HTML for you. So if you need to post up your your list, just remember you can export from Battlescribe and HTML. So you can just do that and throw your list up on the site. Um, just a little little help for you guys. Uh, and and also, just a heads up, uh, you do have to have your email um, accepted on the site. So if uh, the, the sooner you get it on there, the better. Just just FYI. So yeah, and I think uh, so. One of the things I'm trying to see if we missed anything here. You know, you've got to get your three games. Um, you have the option that we talked about this, and I'm going to go ahead and just throw it out there. Um, so if you're supporting or if you're playing on the RFI slash TFL team, um, one of the things we talked about and the chat as, as this has been coming together is having basically like a fourth bonus game if you want to play a bonus game. And what that would enable is if you play that fourth bonus game, you will get a role on the character progression charts that are found in book four. So if you've got a, so for example, I'm using a Delegatus uh, with my Dark Angels Force at 500 points. Let's say I, I play that fourth game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name him Delegatus Bob, just for uh, you know example purposes tonight. Uh, not his real name, so don't freak out. Um, but what I want what I want to do is see him grow over the campaign, over the Escalation League. So I'm going to try to get that fourth game in so I can get a roll on the chart uh, to get him to to grow as the escalation grows. And by the end of it, you know, the hope is that he's lived all the way through and he's a, a badass Praetor maybe by that point. Yep. I'm definitely going to be rolling on that chart. I guarantee it. I'm going to squeeze four games in. I don't, know how, I don't care if I have to hire homeless people. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to see us down at Home Depot picking up guys to play games with. <laughs> All I need you to do is put this glue and glue these pieces together. I don't care what it looks like. What is... <laughs> Senor, what does Kalth mean? Don't ask questions. I didn't... Just just do it. Just, just do it. Just put it together. You can meet me at eight. Yeah, so the next thing you know, you've got these day laborers that have created this uh, their own 30K club in town and mm-hmm. you know they're all they're all whack players too yeah they're all whack players so they're they're showing up at the shop and just busting ass on tfl every time they turn around yeah i, I could see this becoming an issue we may, we may have to talk about this <laughs> but uh yeah guys so so check out your games man you've got kind of the guidelines there that we broke out um one of the other things is the different uh, podcasts we'll be putting up uh, narrative missions. So if you want to play, um, for example, I know Sean from CZ Initiative has been working on a mission or two. If you want to play a mission that Sean and his group are playing, uh, you'll be able to go on uh, OS30K, I believe is where that's going to be found, and say, hey, I played the same mission that the C's guys are playing. Um, or take it and tweak it for your own. Or just do your own. I mean, it's up to you. But just another piece of the story um, that that the group is trying to put out there for everybody. And also, guys, uh, Scattershot Painting has a contest going on right now. Uh, for every army that you post up, you know, you, you heard us talk about the different kinds of narrative and the different kinds of background that we're in fluff that we're giving our armies. 
Um, the guys over at uh, Scattershot Painting ha- have this contest where they basically want to read your fluff and they're going to judge the best fluff and they're going to want to read the Wikipedia page. So even if you're not so much a modeler, you just love writing new fluff for your army and stuff like that. Uh, submit it to I, the, uh, the scattershot guys, Christopher Birch to be more specific. And he will, uh, you know, just he'll, he'll judge it. And if he thinks it's good enough, you know, you might be in the running for the prize that he's offering. I don't, I don't know if he announced what the prize is going to be, but he definitely announced that he wants to see those. Uh, I think it's going to be a Yeti Cup, to be honest with you. I, I think that's what I heard also. Um, I, I'm sure whatever it is, it's going to... Those guys give out some pretty cool prizes, so I think you're safe in, in assuming it's going to be a good prize. And even if it's just one of their badass services that they offer, <laughs> so you just get some badass painted models. Yeah, that's still you're still coming out ahead. So, yeah, just, just you know, put as much as you want to into this, uh, but just know that that a lot of the people that are playing in it, you know, we're, we're wanting to just tell a really cool story about what's going on on, uh, Thunder Metallicus. And we're just trying to get your local guys to play the ones that haven't started a game yet. Cause they think, Oh man, they're so deep into it. I'll never get to play with those cool guys. Yep. Now's your chance, man. Get those 30 K curious dudes, uh, uh, up, up in your, up in your business. Let them know what's up. So yeah, that's the escalation campaign we have going on through the summer. Uh, why don't we? Speaking of all the other podcasts and the cool things that we plan with the other podcast, why don't you go into next weekend? What's going on next weekend, Chris? Wow. So next weekend, this is going to be big, guys. Um, next weekend, we have the first annual uh, telethon in the fight against Duchenne. And what this is, is we have got, uh, you may or may not have heard of Freddy the Swede. Um, For those of you listening, he's a pretty big force out there in the 30K community. Uh, A lot of the guys uh, know him. He appears on the Varangian Heresy podcast. I did get the right podcast, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just because as soon as i said it i was like oh man it's not the northern heresy is it uh, i thought for a second i messed that up well he's on uh, like every podcast so you can't really mess up uh true yeah um uh, yeah dude, if, if you haven't heard him um freddie's out there but what's going on is uh, a couple of years ago his son was diagnosed with this rare form of muscular dystrophy and uh, called duchenne and what Freddie is doing is he started um, the Warlord Raffle against DMD, which is the abbreviation for uh, Duchenne Muscular Dystrophy. And the between now and October 16th, uh, you buy a $35 raffle ticket and you get one entry to get a painted, pro-painted Warlord from Scattershot Painting. So if you win this raffle... You're going to get the Scattershot guys who you saw what they did with Janice. And if you haven't, just go to our YouTube page, Warhammer30k.com, and look, go look at the Janice overhaul. Yeah. I mean, these guys, so go look at that. You'll see what they did in nine hours. Now, just imagine what this Propane Warlord's going to look like. They're working on it now. 
So they're putting all this time, all these hours into it. You're against a super badass pro painted warlord if you win this raffle. And at 35 bucks a ticket, dude, that's that's pretty awesome. And the money's going towards a great, great cause. Um, if you're not familiar with uh, muscular dystrophy or uh, the Duchenne uh, variant, for lack of a better word of it, um, go to, and I'm going to give you a website here. Um, we'll link it in our show notes, which will probably be easier. But the, the website that Freddie has his, uh, is doing his donations on is called the parentprojectmd.org. And you can go on there, um, find uh, Carl Frederick Bergstrom, and you can go that way. Or again, just look for the links in the show notes that we'll have for you. But uh, read up on that, see what's going on with it. Um, you know, it's muscular dystrophy, muscular dystrophy is a, a, a devastating disease. Um, I'm not a parent yet, but I can only imagine a child going through this. So uh, this is just an awesome, awesome thing that Freddie has started. And for us in the, the hobby to be able to support his fight and to raise money through this raffle is pretty cool. So you're probably wondering, like, you know, what is this? So you're talking about a telethon, now you're talking about a raffle. So bringing this full circle, what's going to happen next weekend, June 18th, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, TFL is going to go live. You know, we normally do our Wednesday night show. Uh, we're going to do a special Saturday night show, 6 p.m., June 18th, and we're going to go for at least six hours. We may end up going a little longer, depending on uh, who pops in, if we have surprise guests. But what we've done is we will have guys from your favorite 30K podcast appearing throughout the night while we're live. They're going to come on with TFL, talk about what's going on in their neck of the woods, talk about cryptids, talk about who knows what. And while we're talking about that, we want you guys, our listeners, to log in, watch along with us, but also to pledge donations in this fight against DMD. And what we'll do is you'll be directed to Freddie's website so that you'll get entered into that Warlord raffle. So not only will you get to hear all your favorites, just bullshitting, hanging out, you'll also get to donate some money and get into that sweet warlord raffle. And, and yeah. oh. <laughs> go ahead. Go and ahead. There's going to be prizes given away almost every hour during this thing. So, each of the podcasts that are a part of it, and let me just let me just tell you who all is going to be a part of this thing. I mean, I'm I'm pretty psyched, man. So, obviously, we're going to have Freddie on we couldn't do this without having him break it down. Come on, meet you guys. Uh, we're going to have the guys from the Varangian Heresy. We're going to have your dudes from Down Under, the Eye of Horus. We're going to have your dudes from the Frigid North, the Age of Darkness. We're going to have some more dudes from Sweden, the Northern Heresy. And we're going to have the CZ Initiative from here in the U.S. with us. Um, in the mix also, you're going to have Chris and David from Scattershot popping in. And, uh, you know, who knows who else you, who, you know, who knows who else might pop in. These are just the people we're announcing. So I, I don't think you're going to want to miss any of the six hours. 
Not at all. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, guys, there's going to be, uh, and uh, it, I understand that you're probably thinking to yourself, like, you know, man, I don't know, what, what are they going to, how are they going to talk about 30K for six hours? We're not. I mean, <laughs> frankly, it's going to be bullshitting. But uh, think about this, you know, you always listen to these podcasts and you always listen to, you know, uh, you probably got a lot of questions for the iForest guys. You know, I know that they got this mailbag that's like overflowing that they always fill in. You know, we've got our mailbag. You know, you get all these mails that you send in. This is going to be a way to like chat directly to all of your podcast, I guess, all your, all your podcast friends. You know, like if you want to ask questions to Freddie the Swede, you can. If you want to ask questions to Tim or Michael, uh, if you want to ask questions to Jens, you know, any of those guys, if you want to send them a question or anything like that, bam, you're going to have a chat that you can chat with them directly and talk to them. They'll answer your question live right there. And it doesn't even have to be Horace Heresy related. You can ask them, you know, what it's like to live with millions and billions of spiders in Australia. You know, it's going to. I already know what question I'm going to ask the Swedes. What are you going to ask? What happened to the Swedish bikini team? Yeah, there you go. You got to know. It's a mystery. I haven't seen them since got to be the early 90s. And guys, if you're wondering, no, they don't have breakfast tacos in Sweden. <laughs> a little, just a little, a little tidbit of information that I learned while talking to the Swedes. They yeah. don't have breakfast tacos or Mexican food restaurants, for that matter. But they got barbecue. But they, oh yeah, they got a good barbecue over there. Yeah. It looks a lot better than our barbecue, to be honest with you. Yeah, I kind of want to go over to Sweden and try their barbecue and play some 30k, but and open a taco stand and open a taco stand and make billions. <laughs> exactly <laughs> blow their minds so yeah i think it's gonna be a great time i'm i'm completely looking forward to it that's gonna be june 18th 6 p.m to 12 a.m central standard time guys yeah texas and, uh, time texas time and the, the right time uh, of course and i i know uh for those of you listening in other parts of the world um i know that's gonna put uh put in the middle of the night for some of you guys but again, uh, we're doing this on the weekend just for that reason. Um, you know, if you don't have to work during the weekend, uh, we're hoping that you can uh, stay up a little later than normal and uh, just hang out with us. And like I said, you know, get some pledges uh, for Freddie's cause to to help for that research and, you know, get get yourself entered in that Warlord Titan and just have a good time bullshitting with us and all these other guys. And we're gonna be giving away shit like crazy. Yeah, like, like I said, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. And it's unplanned too, so it's like I feel like the whole kitchen sink is gonna be thrown out as well. Yeah, for prizes. It's, it's on the tail. We we might even announce when Stiff Three is gonna be. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if that doesn't get you to listen to six hours worth of it, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and we'll probably be drinking throughout most of this. So keep that in mind, also. Yeah. Drunk confessions. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, man, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Um, I, I really have a good feeling about it. And I, I hope that we get you guys out in the community um, to be a part of it. I know the other podcasts are really shouting this out this week. Um, I know I talked to Tim uh, just a little bit ago, actually. And uh, I have Horace just shouted it out. He said they're going to be shouting it out again on their next podcast. Um, same thing with the Swedes, same thing with uh, the Canadians. So yeah, man, just, uh, just make plans to be with us. If you can't be with us for those six hours, you know, be with us for an hour, two hours, you know, do what you can tell your friends. 
Yeah, tell your friends. Bring your friends. We got a big enough room. We can host everybody. Crash the internet, guys. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's what we've got. There'll be uh, we'll have some. We'll probably you'll probably see some more stuff on Facebook between now and the next few days. Um, again, just reinforcing the time. Um, I will be putting out the timeline. So if you do have like, man, I can't listen for six hours, but I really want to catch uh, the Northern Heresy guys, you'll know when to tune in for that. You might miss some other cool stuff, but we want to have that out there for you guys. So so you'll know when to get on to ask those awkward questions that you need to get off your chest. Exactly. And there's there's going to be some. Don't worry. And it'll be live. So like you can actually see your your favorite your favorite hosts. Yeah, that should be that should be interesting, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what's going on there, guys. Uh, look forward to that. Um, let's talk about some events. Pretty, what events do we have coming up? Well, we've got two events in July here in Texas. Um, so the first one is coming up on July 23rd, 24th at Dragon's Lair San Antonio, and it's the Battle of 6319 False Terra. Uh, this is being put on by the guys at Golar's 222nd. Um, it's a two day narrative event and it's 2,500 points and using age of darkness. Uh, but they're, so I thought this was interesting. They're allowing the alternate force orgs with the exception of Leviathan. Oh, snap. So that's something you don't see in a lot of events. So I'm, uh, kind of curious to see that. Um, I'm actually going to this event, so I'm, I'm really curious to see how that's going to work because I know it's something we've talked about. Um, so just to see it in practice, to see, you know, are people really using those other force orgs? Um, the allies and shattered legions are not allowed at the event. So, but everything else seems to be uh, good to go. Um, one of the things that I was noticing when I was reading through their stuff here is they encourage... Um, or they welcome, I'm not going to say encourage, they welcome all styles of play. So, and then their example, uh, WAC, um, HFCP, which I didn't know this one, but it means hard-fought competitive play, and FAC, fun at all costs. Nice, I'm a FAC player, bro. Yeah, that's, that's me too. I firmly am in the FAC category, I believe. Uh, but what they're wanting to do with this event is to have an event that caters to it gives strives to achieve and i'm just gonna read what they put strives to achieve the best experience for everyone in the above play styles so what they're saying is they're gonna ask you what type of play style you lean towards and that's how they're gonna match up your your matches what that's, that's pretty cool i want to play against some whack players though <laughs> but so wait so you, you want to take your fac versus the whack yeah i want to f- fac off some <laughs> some whack off list uh yeah i that should be interesting like i said i'm, I'm really curious to see how this is going to play and um i've talked to the organizers a little bit and i i haven't really discussed this aspect of it with them um so i'm i'm like i said, i'm real curious to see how it's going to go um, I, I know, like I said, I know where I lean, uh, definitely in the FAC category. So 
Yeah, it should be interesting because I know that's, again, this is a discussion as event organizers that we have. You know, what type of event, what, who are we catering to? So maybe these guys have, have come across a, a formula that's going to to make a fun event for, for all of the above. That's tight. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm pretty excited about that. So like I said, it's two days, uh, July 23rd and July 24th, uh, starting at 10 a.m. both days. Um, they're, and they've got, so I would really suggest go to Facebook. Um, Golar's 222nd gaming is their, uh, community, Facebook community. And then from there, go to the event. Uh, they've got a ton of details in the event. So rather than me just reading off all this stuff, which is not going to be interesting, um, just go check it out. Cause they tell you like, what are they looking at for scoring? And they definitely do a couple of different things. They do a, a camaraderie score, uh, which I think is going to be interesting. It's just an, what we call sportsmanship. They call camaraderie and what they call sportsmanship or what they use as sportsmanship is more of how do you rate the person playing the game? Like, are they, are they slow play? Are they playing correctly? Do they know how to play? Did they bring all their shit with them? That type of stuff. That's what they call sportsmanship. And then camaraderie is what we normally think of as sportsmanship. Like this was a cool dude to play a game with, or this guy was a douche because he yelled at me the entire game. (laughs) So three out of 10 would play again. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, I want to see that in action. Uh, They, they score painting also. They'll have a first, second, third place painting. Um, and then they're going to have these purity seals that they're going to give out. Um, they've got different color purity seals for different things. So um, it's kind of like you want to try, if you go to their events, you want to try to collect these different purity seals. That's what I take away from this. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it should be pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's a WYSIWYG and fully painted. So keep that in mind if you're thinking about going. And uh, yeah, should be uh, should be a fun a fun event. I'm gonna try so, and get me get me one of them them prizes they got going on. I need some decoration for my wall. Heck yeah, man! I'm, I'm gonna go see if I can get me a one of their purity seals. But uh, yeah, so for sure, um, I know Jay and I are going. So for sure, two TFL members are, are locked. Um, I know uh, you talked about it. Zach's talking about it. So. Uh, we might we might have end up having a, a good chunk of TFL in attendance. Hell yeah! So that, that'd be pretty cool. So that's going on July twenty third, twenty fourth in San Antonio, uh, just down the road from us. Uh, Dragon's Lair San Antonio is the shop, uh, which Dragon Lair is pretty popular in San Antonio Austin area, so not hard to find at all. Uh, the other event and those and real quick, those oh, Guller guys were cool as shit. Like yeah, yeah. So they came. We we've had a couple of them. We've been talking to them online for a while, uh, you know, stiff too. And then you guys got to, to really get to know them a little bit at Alamo. Yeah, dude. There's some cool fucking dudes. Hands so, down. So, yeah, they, uh, so if you were at stiff too, um, Paul from Golar, so the Golar guys were the guys we had two, we had that four by eight, uh, Zomor Talents table. So Jay on our side owns a four by four. Uh, Golar said, Hey, we will send you another four by four, uh, righteous forge world, Zomortalis table for your event to use. 
I mean, they just didn't know us from Adam and they're like, Hey, we want to reach out. We want to, we're going to help you guys if y'all are interested. So yeah, super cool, man. Super cool. Some sweet guys, man. Especially that Paul dude. Paul is cracking me up at fucking. He was talking so much shit to his buddies over <laughs> over at Alamo GT. I, I was laughing the whole time. Yeah, I, I think they seem a little bit like us, which is probably why we like them so much. Yep, that's what I'd say. Anyway, got a second event going on in yes. Texas in July, the very next weekend, July thirtieth in Dallas. Actually, in Carrollton. Um, so if you're not from the Dallas area, Carrollton is in North Dallas. It's one of the burbs. Um, if you're going on 35, like you're going to go up to Denton, um, Carrollton's on your on your way before you get to uh, Louisville. So it's a bit of a drive for us in South Texas, but for those of you in Central Texas, it's not a bad drive at all. Uh, but that's on July 30th. That's uh, the Vallis Prime Part 1, a Horace Heresy 30K narrative event. So this is an event that uh, they're looking to to tell a story over a couple of events. Um, it's a one-day event on the 30th, and they've got their primer posted. Uh, let me just open that up to tell you the points, because I don't know it off the top of my head. It's 2,000. Oh, so, okay, cool. Um, their primer's pretty sweet, because they've, uh, they've got some fluff in there uh, about the planet, about what's going on with it. Uh, they've got your format and all of that good stuff. Um, you know, you'll you'll declare allegiance, traitor or loyalist when you sign up. Uh, they're going to do warlords. Uh, so if you're familiar with Adepticon or Stiff Two, uh, you know how the warlords work. Uh, Alamo, same thing. Um, so they're going to have the warlords do the tables. I'm just kind of flipping through here to see if anything jumps out at me. Uh, it could be possible two v two as well. Yes, I ju- oh just saw that. Yeah, two v two games. Yep. So it, it's not in stone yet. It depends on the amount of players they get. But if it does get, because I think they have ten tables available. Yeah. And so the more players they get, the more options they'll have for two v two. And I, I don't know. I'm all about two v two, especially when you know beforehand, because you can tell your buddy like, "Hey, we're going in together. Like we're gonna let our warlord know." So yeah. So. Just a heads up, it's a possible 2v2, so make a list that has good uh, synergy with somebody else's list. Yep. Um, so one of the things, yeah, 2,000 points like you already mentioned, uh, but they are allowing Shattered Legion. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Uh, if you're if you're doing Shattered Legion, uh, this will be a chance to, to take it out to an event. And it's the first event, at least in our neck of the woods, that's allowing that. So I look forward to if uh, I really would like to go to this. Um, I know Michael and I, you and I were talking about it before the, the podcast started. And it's going to depend on work. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do two weekends back to back out of town. Um, but I would like to try. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun event. I'm going to make my best effort to make it to that event. Uh, it's a it's a drive for me, but I think Zach is talking about going. Mm-hmm. So if I can, like if I only have to drive for two hours and then hitch a ride with him, I will be down for that. And yeah. so like just ride for five hours because it's it's a trek. I know a ton of people in Dallas, so. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I lived up there for eight years, so we still got a lot of, my wife lived up there after graduate school also. Uh, so we've got a lot of mutual friends in the area. 
Um, I think there's, and this just applies really, I think, to us, but um, I want to say our airport does. Oh, yeah, that uh, is one of the things I was looking at, the Sky Air. Yeah, the Sky Air, the new flight service. So it may be, I don't know, it may be cost effective just to fly. You know what, as long as Barth is waiting for me at the airport, I'll be good to go. With drinks. Yeah. Barth, that goes out to you, man. <laughs> yeah, Monty and I will will be getting off the plane. We expect the car waiting uh, right there at the, the jetway. And uh, <laughs> drinks, have a, a fine hostess with drinks. Yeah. You, you know what? If we can fly over there and I, I get the prices right and all this stuff, dude, I if, if we all go, if we all fly, I'll get us like either like a limo or like some sort of like sick, sick ride. Like one of those like Mercedes SUVs or something like we'll, oh, that we'll, would, we'll roll sweet. around style. That would be sweet. Yeah. I feel like a Russian billionaire getting off the plane. And cause I think if all of us go, we would fill up the plane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I, it's like, it's probably like what, like a 10 seater. I mean, no, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's bigger than that, but no, no, it's less than that. It's like a single prop, like, Dude flies barefoot, like you know. <laughs> his dog, his dogs in the co-pilot seat. Victoria to Houston, Victoria. Nah, I don't see any for Dallas, but uh, I'll keep looking. That that would be awesome though. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I, if I can make it work out, I've got to just got to see what's going on with work. But this, it's really cool to see, you know, this summer to see these events popping up here in Texas. Yeah, dude, I'm super excited. And actually, uh, Matt uh, Matt actually said that he got the idea from either Stiff or Alamo. Like, He was like, you know what? If they could put on a 30K event, we could put on a 30K event. And it's true, guys. It's so easy to do. So just keep them coming. Yeah, you, you will be you'll be surprised because I think uh, it's – you know, we built up Stiff 2 for quite a while before the actual event hit. Um, but people want to play 30K, and there are 30K players out there. And you may be in an area that you're like, oh, man, it's like me and one other guy, that's it. I guarantee you there's people interested or there's people that are playing or there's people that maybe just solo or buying stuff and they don't know anyone. It's just it's all about getting on social media and and just meeting dudes. That's that's really all it comes down to putting it out there. You know, Dallas, I guarantee he's going to have a great turnout for this event. I mean, I know there's players in Dallas. I mean, you got the whole the whole Baby Seals Club over there. Exactly. I mean, we we had several, uh, you know, we had several people interested coming to come from Dallas for Stiff Two. Uh, now, unfortunately, some things came up and, and not all of them were able to make it down, but. Uh, Dallas, I think, has a pretty good scene. I think it's just going to be, you know, getting the word out there and tapping into it. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking. I, I really want to go just to go shake hands and rub elbows with some of the guys up there because yeah. they seem like some cool dudes. Yeah. So and it's, so, so some of the Baby Seals guys came to Alamo, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of the Baby Seals guys came. Um, I want to say five or six of them, and they didn't know, like, all the Dallas players. So, like, Barth didn't know about them or anything like that, so they got introduced to each other. Awesome. But, but yeah, man, there was, uh, there was a good number of Baby Seals guys, and they were all some some top-notch players. 
Very cool. Well, hopefully we can get a hopefully we can get TFL up there. If not, several of us, at least one of us, maybe can make it up to that event. Be tight. Yeah, so. that would be very cool. So, and then uh, beyond that, uh, I was just looking at the event calendar. I think as far as 30k goes, that's gonna and Texas. Now there's stuff going on. Uh, you've got Nova uh, in September. Uh, the first to the fourth. Uh, if you're able to get out to Nova, uh, I'd, I'd love to go. I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it work, but uh, this is an event. The guys that do Adepticon 30K are doing this event, and I can't stress enough: you will have a badass time if you go to Nova and play 30K. There's some awesome dudes, Mark Rayleigh and all them. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. All those guys are, are going to be be in attendance, running this event, uh, playing in this event. Um, so Robin, Mark, uh, Nate, um, all the, all those guys. So yeah, check it out. It's on, uh, as with everything nowadays, it's on Facebook. So they've got their own, uh, Facebook page for Nova open 2016. Uh, check that out. Um, and then as far as what's, I'm looking on my event page, that's all that we've got through the end of the summer. Now there may be other stuff happening out there. So if you guys have an event that you want us to shout out or talk about, uh, send us some details. Let yeah, us guess. know. Let us know where the heresy's happening at so we can talk about it. For sure. And then uh, we're also looking for a ticket for Warzone Atlanta. So oh, yeah. We need a single ticket for Warzone Atlanta. If you guys know somebody that's got one or selling one, I know they sold out. Uh, we got a buddy that asked us to do a shout out for him to get one of those tickets, and we'd love to get them hooked up. So, if you know any, if you know anybody, if you got that inside track on the wars in Atlanta, let us know, <laughs> so we can get get our get our buddy taken care of. But yeah, for sure, that's that's pretty much for events, dude. Yeah, that's uh, that's all we've got right now. Uh, like I said, send us your event or if an event you know about, and uh, we will talk about it. That sounds good, guys. So we're gonna go ahead and cut to a musical break here. And then uh, Chris is going to drop off, and we're going to get Ryan in here, and Ryan's going to go over a list for us well, with oh, me. That's going to be cool. Ryan's, if you guys haven't listened to the last couple episodes, Ryan does some amazing breakdowns on these lists. So definitely I'm looking forward to hearing what he's going to talk about next. So we'll got that list review for you guys. So here's some sweet, sweet music from our buddies over at Lavin's Fate. All right. Later on, guys. Later. 